0: It's January 9th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got a special brief for you this morning that is shaping America and the world. Washington, D.C. is abuzz this morning with fights about debt. With a tentative agreement made on sunday to spend 1.66 trillion dollars just this fiscal year the white house and democrats are largely celebrating this news while most house republicans are not especially those who call themselves fiscal conservatives they say that this deal is a financial disaster we spoke of that briefly yesterday unpacking this debate can be a challenge Because it involves not only deficits and debt, but also currencies, things like global trade, interest rates as well. And that can be confusing, academic, maybe a little bit uh, boring, unless you're an accountant or a finance major. But that's okay, because we are still going to do it. We're going to blast through and have some fun using a thought experiment this morning to understand these various complex issues. And that means that you are going to be the president of Guyana a small country in South America that we have discussed before. As ever, this episode today, especially at the end with my analysis and opinion, will be focused on how this debate about debt and deficits impacts you, your families, and ultimately the very future of America. So let's get going, shall we? And let's get started with this. I want you to imagine that you are the president of Guyana, and that is a pretty darn good place to be a leader of right now, even with all of its problems with neighboring Venezuela. A quick internet search will show you that Guyana is an absolutely beautiful place filled with thick jungles and gorgeous rivers and waterfalls and beaches. And oh yeah, a lot of oil. Back in 2015, a consortium led by ExxonMobil discovered billions of barrels of oil just offshore, with revenues predicted to be upwards of $170 billion in the decades to come for that little government of Guyana. And that's a big deal. Their annual budget right now is around $1.4 billion. So in our thought experiment, I want you to imagine that you are the president of Guyana, but let's tweak the facts just a little bit. Let's say that it is you that is pumping the oil, your government, not ExxonMobil, and you've got about $170 billion worth of oil to sell. Well, that, that means that, well, you can reach out to your neighbors such as me. I am the president of Uruguay. It's a South American neighbor of yours that is way to the South. But unlike Joe Biden, I really like your oil. I think it's great and I want some. But we have a challenge. When it comes time to pay Uh, we have to agree on how we complete that transaction. In other words, what am I going to pay you with? This is known as a transaction currency, and we could use anything, really. For instance, I could pay you in my currency that is called the peso. But you, as a savvy president, say, uh, no, you want payment in a currency that you can use virtually anywhere in the world. Uh, But if you take that peso mine, you would be stuck with them you would have to exchange it for something else and you would then lose a lot of money in exchange fees. And that is why you, as that very smart president of Guyana, demand to be paid in U.S. dollars. So here's why. Since 1944, the world has largely used the U.S. dollar for these kinds of global transactions, especially in commodities. In fact, around 90 to 96% of the world's foreign exchange transactions are done in U.S. dollars. And there are three reasons for that, why the dollar is the world's go-to transaction currency. First, the U.S. government is perceived as being stable. Second, our country is perceived to be governed by the rule of law. And third, our financial industry is perceived to be pretty well regulated. In short, it is all about stability. Stability of the country, of our government, and our finances. And that is why the U.S. dollar is the transaction currency of choice. It facilitates global trade. And that's a big deal for Americans. Here's why. So going back to our thought experiment, let's say that Uruguay pays you in Guyana that $1 billion U.S. dollars for your oil. Well, awesome. Congratulations. Just don't go blow it in Vegas. Instead, you need to spend and invest that money wisely. Well, what better place to spend all those us dollars than in the us you can buy products and services in that very stable reliable america and you can do so without incurring any exchange fees you can also buy some pretty great american assets like buildings or companies or maybe you want to invest in the us stock market or debt markets as well and that is what has been happening for decades now when governments and businesses have excess us dollars from all their global trade They gravitate towards the U.S., our goods and services and various investments with all that cash. And that is good for all of us in this country. In fact, it's a big reason for why this U.S. economy of ours, from our factories to our farms, have been so economically vibrant all the way back from the 1940s. We're a magnet for those excess dollars. So that's the benefit when the U.S. dollar is king of the global transaction currencies. But there is another very big benefit too so let's go back to our thought experiment to understand this one let's imagine that you are sitting in the presidential palace in Guyana this morning say eating some exotic fruits floating in your one acre pool and demanding for some reason that somebody play you a trumpet because you know why not anyway your treasury is overflowing with u.s dollars from all those oil sales plus taxes and fees on other business transactions like tourism and gold So the question is, what are you to do, Mr. or Madam President, with all those U.S. dollars sitting in your treasury or central bank? Just imagine you don't have them all stacked up in your national vault. Well, if you are smart, you are going to invest those U.S. dollars in something, even if just for a couple of days or weeks to earn some interest. Hmm. Well, what kind of investment might that be? Well, a smart president would be looking for the best performing but least risky investment in the world because, goodness gracious, you you definitely don't want to lose your national treasury or your reserve cash on some sort of crazy Ponzi scheme. So you would be looking for a country and an investment that has four things. First, stability, then rule of law. Third, a financial industry that is pretty well regulated, plus The investment would need to be in a market that is liquid, which is just a fancy way of saying that you would need to be able to buy and sell the investment as often as you want and get your cash back as quickly as you need it. Well, those four conditions, hmm, they sound a lot like the things that we want for our global transaction currency. And guess what? They are. They are the conditions necessary for what is called a reserve currency as well. It's what governments like Guyana and you look for when you are looking to park or invest your reserves. And here again, the U.S. and our government, we come out on top for global reserve currencies, all because presidents of Guyana like you buy or invest American debt. Maybe you've heard of things like U.S. Treasury bills or bonds or notes, but for our purposes, they're all the same. Countries around the world, like you, say in Guyana, buy U.S. government debt for all the reasons that I noted, like stability and financial clarity in our markets. And that means that our U.S. dollar is not only a global transaction currency, but a global reserve currency as well for traders and governments alike. And that status of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency, by the way, is also very beneficial to you and me, not just it being a transaction currency. So let me clarify why. With so many governments wanting U.S. debt, that means with so much global demand, the U.S. can offer its debt with pretty low interest rates, relatively speaking. So governments and investors then buy that debt, and they do so all of the time. And that means that the U.S. can borrow at very cheap rates and issue record amounts of debt that would otherwise bankrupt any other nation that tried to do the same. So here's the benefit. That massive amount of borrowing at very low cost allows Americans to live way beyond their means. And we do. As I shared with you yesterday, the U.S. government runs massive deficits that fuel government spending on stuff that you and I love or benefit from, like uh, highways, dams, or Medicare, Social Security. But it is also true that federal politicians spend all that cheap money on some stuff that's kind of dumb that we don't benefit from, like uh, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. That takes us to our first break. When we come back, we will do a quick recap of what we've just discussed and then talk about how those foreign wars and uh, other foreign policies are frankly setting the stage for a financial disaster. But in the meantime, for subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thanks. We'll be right back. Well, folks, by now, you know that some listeners like to call me the angel of death because apparently I deliver such bad news on this podcast. Well, if that's you and this podcast keeps you up at night, well, calm yourselves right back down and do so with a comfy bed from Ghostbed. (laughs) Yep, it's a company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And y'all know that is true because I own one. I have the Lux model. That one is designed to help people like me who sleep a little bit hot. But they've got other great models too. There's the Classic. Uh, There is the Massage Bed. That sounds fun. Plus, there's one called 3D Matrix. That sounds scary, but I still want one. doesn't matter. Whatever model you choose from Ghost Bed, just do it. These mattresses are built with high-quality materials, fine craftsmanship, and when you get into that Ghost Bed, you feel both of those things. And great news you can get one of these mattresses delivered right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, to buy a bed without lying in it first, well, I get it. But Ghostbed has already solved that problem. They have a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns. So folks, if Brian, the angel of death, scares you during the day, let Ghostbed protect you at night with a great night's sleep. And here's the best part. Get 50% off when you do. Go to ghostbed.com right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T and 50% off your GhostBed purchase will be given to you, my friends. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com right. Oh boy, but when you do, you are going to get that good night's sleep that you deserve. I guarantee it. My friends, have you gotten your factor meals yet? If not, holy smokes, you should. Factormeals.com is the best meal delivery company in the United States. I promise you this. I have tried the others. These guys are it. They give you more than 35 different meal options to choose from every single week. That includes calorie smart, which is a pretty good idea after the holidays. Also, they've got Protein Plus, which is a great idea for after the gym. And even Vegetarian Options, which is a great idea for people who are crazy. Just kidding. We love our vegetarians, too. Well, anyway, it's all delivered, ladies and gentlemen, fresh, right to your doorstep, never frozen. All you gotta do is open the box, and after a couple of minutes of heating, you have got a great meal to enjoy. And that's true for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Plus, they've got some wonderful grab-and-go snacks and some tasty cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. As ever, I've told you this before, I love their pork chops. They've also got shredded chicken tacos that are so good also, they've got a new lasagna that is out and it is top notch. These meals, folks, really are delicious and they are a perfect option for either busy people like me or retired folks who just want good, healthy meals, but they don't want the fuss of cooking. So support the folks who support this podcast, my friends, and get yourselves Factor Meals at 50% off right now. So go to factormeals.com right 50. That's W R I G H T 50 and you get 50% off. Yeah. Again, that's promo code RIGHT50 at factormeals.com/right50 and get that 50% off. But more importantly, my friends, you're getting a meal service that is good for your body and great for your taste buds. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a quick recap of our special brief so far. So here's what we've covered. The U.S. dollar is the world's leading transaction currency. That means that it is used by traders all around the world, like people who buy and sell oil. And that status of the world's leading transaction currency is quite good for us, especially our factories and farms. The U.S. dollar is also used as the global reserve currency, namely by nations and their central banks who park their money with America when they buy our debt. And that is really good for us too, allowing Americans to live way beyond our means. But before the break, I mentioned that the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq were very important for this debate, and here's why. America's foreign policies have long made countries around the world very mad at us at various times because they know that were financing those trillion-dollar wars with all that cheap debt using their money. Well, that anger at U.S. foreign policy took off like a rocket ship with the war in Ukraine, namely on February 28th of 2022. That is when the Biden White House shocked the financial world. That is the day, ladies and gentlemen, that Joe Biden seized Russia's central bank assets that were held in the United States. About half of their total reserves, actually, over $300 billion dollars. Now, put aside what you think of Russia or Putin or the war in Ukraine. Instead, I want you to imagine that you were the president of Guyana. And now you're thinking about your billions that you have parked in U.S. banks or with U.S. government. You're now realizing that you and your country's reserves are profoundly vulnerable to the whims of the U.S. government. But wait a minute. That wasn't the deal. You invested in U.S. assets or debt because you thought... America was all about the rule of law and stability and a rock-solid promise to always pay back debt. But because of what Biden just did, you don't think that anymore. You have reason to doubt that covenant. So as president of Guyana, what are you to do? Well, holy smokes, you start looking for options. You start looking around for a new transaction currency for your traders. But most importantly, you look for a new reserve currency. You need new investments for your government reserves that are no longer within the reach of a very angry Oval Office. And that takes us to an article in the Wall Street Journal about a week ago. The headline was this. The dominant dollar faces a backlash in the oil market. As the journal highlighted, the U.S. dollar is losing its dominance as a transaction currency, most especially in the trading of oil. It's down to about 80% of global trade, with an increasing number of major commodity deals completed with non-dollar currencies. And if you read the headlines over the past few years, you will not be surprised by this news. In fact, you'll know why it's happening. Here it is, the Chinese, the Saudis, the Brazilians, and the Indians. They are all now conducting some of their biggest of businesses with currencies other than the U.S. dollar. Now, these nations are usually referred to as the BRICS, And their goal, more or less, is to break the world of its dependence on the U.S. dollar for both transactions and reserves, which, if successful, would be nightmarish for you and me. And all of that takes us to the big debate in Washington, D.C. this morning about deficits and debt. To understand why, let's switch up our thought experiment this morning and imagine that we are now the President of the United States. For the past 80 years, America has had the world's only real reserve currency, and we've gotten so used to issuing tons of debt with very little interest, well, that has allowed our people to live way beyond our means. It's kind of like we've had a national credit card with a 1% introductory interest rate, but for 80 years. But now, as you sit in the Oval Office this morning, we might have some competition, those brick nations are trying to steal our crown with that global reserve currency pulled into their basket of currencies. And if they were to be successful, it would mean that you and the US Treasury would have to bump up the interest rates that you offer on our US debt to sweeten the deal for global investors because now they could go somewhere else to those global brick competitors. And that is nightmarishly bad considering that we just hit $34 trillion in debt That is, by the way, projected to double over the next 20 years. And that gets to the heart of the debate. Think of it this way. For the past 80 years, we've been playing a game of financial musical chairs. The band has always been playing without skipping a beat. But if the band were to stop, if we were to have competition for that reserve currency status, then watch out. That 1% introductory rate on our national credit card, that would skyrocket with a new higher interest rate and to afford to service the underlying national debt with that new rate, whatever it might be, we would have to cut other spending and do so drastically. We would have to start living like every other nation in the world and then some. And that transition, my friends, from being sort of fat pigs to something far more lean, that would result in poverty, suffering, and almost certainly unrest. Because going from rich to almost broke is no fun. And I tell you, ask any historian what that looks like when other nations have gone through this. So the multi-trillion dollar question is this. Can the BRICS do it? Will those BRIC nations be able to break the stranglehold that the U.S. dollar has in terms of reserve currency status? Well, that answer and my analysis, they are coming up next. We'll be right back. Folks, I want to reintroduce you to arcseedkits.com. I spoke of them about six months ago, and now they're back. All because I am on the hunt for products that my listeners can use to be prepared for a very uncertain future in this country. And arcseedkits.com does just that. They sell heirloom seeds for fruits and vegetables to help you grow crops in your garden year after year. And that is the difference, my friends, between modern seeds and heirloom seeds. You see, when you go to a big box store, and you buy those little seed packets, virtually 100% of those are genetically modified to grow only one year's crop. And that forces you to buy seeds year after year, but not with heirloom seeds and not from arcseedkits.com. Their heirloom seeds grow plants that you can harvest year after year with seeds that you can save and use to grow next year's garden. That is a permanent supply of food. And that means that you've got a lot of options to choose from. The most popular seed kit with arcseedkits.com is called the all-in-one that has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. Holy smokes. That is an incredible deal. So get food security for you and your families from arcseedkits.com. And for paid subscribers only, you will get an extra 25% off all orders. That promo code, by the way, is only listed in today's Substack email. But no matter if you are a paid subscriber or not, folks, go to arcseedkits.com, just like Noah's Ark, and invest in not just seeds, but good food, good health, and food security. Again, that is arcseedkits.com. Welcome back to The Right Report with my final analysis and opinion about America's finances and ultimately the future of this country. So let's quickly recap. We have talked this morning about being the president of Guyana, using the U.S. dollar as a transaction currency as we sold our oil. And then we invested our reserves in the U.S. debt market, making the U.S. dollar the global reserve currency. But as you now know, that 80-year-old system of U.S. primacy and dominance is now at risk, largely because U.S. foreign policies over the past number of decades have made a lot of countries pretty angry at us, but especially what Joe Biden did back in 2022. And that has led these BRIC nations, which include Brazil, Russia, India, China, Saudi Arabia, and others. Well, they now want to create a new world financial order with a new set of transaction currencies and a new reserve currency. And if they are successful, we are in big trouble. Our 80-year-old credit card that's got 1% interest rate, that percentage rate will skyrocket. And payments on what is now a $34 trillion national debt, well, goodness gracious, that's going to crush us like a boulder on top of a bug. So the multi-trillion dollar question is this, will the BRIC nations be able to successfully challenge our financial supremacy, whether that be the transaction currency or that all important reserve currency status? Well, I do not have a crystal ball, uh, unfortunately, to look into this morning to tell you the answer. But what I can tell you generally is what global economists and central bankers say as of this morning. The general assessment is that as of today, the US dollar is not under any serious threat to lose its reserve currency status. Maybe some on the transaction side, but not the reserve currency status. And that is ultimately because those BRIC nations that I mentioned and their economies are viewed as too corrupt, too illiquid, or too unstable. So that's good news for us. But my friends, make no mistake. The U.S. dollar's global supremacy is under attack. Nations like Guyana are looking for alternatives. They don't want to be Russia and get squeezed by Joe Biden or whatever other person might be in the Oval Office. Right? This new reality will not change. History can't be erased. So that means at some point, Someday, America will lose our status as the holder of the reserve currency. Uh, there is not one country in history has that has ever escaped that reality. So that is why some folks on Capitol Hill this morning, mostly conservative Republicans, are saying, come on, let's get our fiscal house in order right now, such that when darker days eventually come, our grandkids or great-grandkids will have a chance at saving this place. In other words, we, we should sacrifice today so that our posterity can thrive tomorrow. Meanwhile, virtually all Democrats and some Republicans say, no, 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 no. This 80-year-old game of financial musical chairs, it's not over and won't be for a very long time. We can keep spending like a bunch of drunk sailors in Bangkok, right? Debt and deficits do not matter. So that's the debate. It's a debate that we have explored this morning by imagining that we are presidents of Guyana, the U.S. We've talked about oil, oil, transaction currencies and reserve currencies. So with those facts and data now in hand, let's take a deep breath and let us now talk about my analysis and my opinion. And I want to pivot now to telling you a story of my time abroad that I think really helps us illustrate the stakes. When I was posted in Africa, I met with a tribal leader and we were discussing how he and his tribe were cutting down a shocking number of trees. They were using them for cooking fuel, charcoal, and they were, they were deforesting their lands at such a rate that each year the tribe would have to walk further and further to get to the forests and then get back. And plus, all this uh, massive deforesting was creating flooding issues, erosion issues, and those were getting worse with each year. And I said to them, why don't you just harvest fewer trees this year, maybe just a select cutting versus clear cutting, and then focus on replanting? That way, in 20 to 30 years time, the forest will mature and it'll grow back closer to the village and your people won't have to walk as far and they can be more productive. Also, your soil will get better and your great grandkids will then have a stronger village and ultimately a stronger tribe. And he said to me in response with an absolutely straight face, Brian, I have problems for today. Let the grandchildren worry about the problems for tomorrow. In other words, there was absolutely no concern or any care about the future, only today. Well, unfortunately, that tribe in Africa now has a set of very serious problems uh, involving, as you would uh, imagine, erosion, flooding, a lack of mature trees. In fact, the further that they now have to walk, the further they, that they are endangering themselves because they are being attacked by lions and hyenas. So this, I think, is analogous to what is happening here. In the U.S. with our deficits and our national debt, our tribal leaders are not interested in tomorrow or 15 years from now because they are either too ignorant, frankly, or maybe too selfish, or maybe they've got too many donors to satisfy. But folks, this debt, $34 trillion and counting, will catch up with us. I don't know when, but history shows it will happen. Nobody, no nation escapes that fate. And when it does happen, future America, oh boy, it will be a very ugly place. We will go from rich to poor, from living way beyond our means to living hand to mouth. And those future Americans will curse our names for the debt burden that we place on their shoulders as the country falls apart around them. And we will deserve every bit of their scorn and shame. That is, unless we have enough people right now the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate who say, no more. We fix this problem and we do so right now. Sadly, though, that kind of servant leadership is not going to come from the Democrat Party, nor sadly many in the Republican Party either. But there are some people, some conservatives especially, who understand this issue. And also some nonpartisan budget analysts, by the way, like the Penn Warden School of Business, They give us about 20 years or so before we default on our national debt in no small part because trying to service it with that higher interest rate becomes unsustainable. So that is why I would encourage you this morning to find out if your senator or representative understands the stakes here and they are willing to stand up and do the right thing, if not for us, for our posterity. If you feel so moved this morning and you agree with my assessment, go to house.gov or senate.gov to find your federal politicians and send them a note or give them a call. Tell them that you want budget cuts, not new spending. Tell them it's time. It's time to sacrifice right now, not down the road, because that road of delay leads to a national nightmare and our kids deserve better. And with that,